Welcome to Traveling Inside Out. This is Alina, your host. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the podcast that explores the world within and out. And thank you for subscribing to Traveling Inside Out, wherever you get your podcast from, being Spotify or Apple Podcast or whatever. However, <laughs> thank you. Good morning, Andra. Hi, Alina. Good morning to you. And well, it's afternoon for me again, but it's very <laughs> good to be on the show. <laughs> um, so it's been a while since I had you over because uh, I had a longer break, as I said in the previous episode. Uh, we, uh, I, we were meant to be back in October and then I needed a longer break. Uh, so before we get into anything, how were the last two months <laughs> since we talked last time? Oh, yeah, they were uh, quite packed for me as well um, with travel and with COVID. I got COVID for the third time, um, oh, mainly because of traveling. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, when you're in an airport and an airplane, it's kind of tough to um, to avoid viruses. Um, but I'm all good now. So, um, yeah, back to back to the regular routine, I guess. Um, and um, we've had quite a nice, um, a nice warm um autumn so far um and in october um it was my birthday and i was able to do a nice birthday hike um which is well it has been pretty rare until you know the last few years um so yeah because you mean because the weather was on your birthday was not that pleasant is this what you mean like usually yes in like mm -hmm. late october the weather is really not great um but in the last three four years um it's been quite nice and sunny i had a nice um lunch with my parents outdoors we were sitting out on a terrace in like mm -hmm. late october that, that's super unheard of in romania um yeah. so yeah it um you know it is climate change so it's kind of the same. Uh, I'm the opposite because my day, my my birthday is in spring in March, so it used to be quite snowy and really not great. And lately, I've been having like bloom trees on my birthday, which is like a new thing because usually, yeah. like the <laughs> everything is still dead basically <laughs> on my birthday, but not anymore. Not anymore. And I'm saying that right. because obviously I moved from Iceland to United States, so Iceland. Things were still dead in, in March, don't get me wrong. However, here, the climate in New York is kind of similar with what we have in Romania. So uh, that's what I'm comparing with, not with uh, Iceland, because Iceland is just something completely. Different. It's a different planet, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so as we talked last time, I need to mention two things. We didn't manage to read the book. We will read the book. <laughs> we mentioned we can read it. Will, yeah. <laughs> my my issue, I read it too early, so I don't remember that well. So I need to reread it. <laughs> I, need to reread and I didn't it. read it at all. So. Well, I, I read it in like high school. <laughs> I didn't. I I should have taken notes, which I didn't. So next time. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how it's going to go, but we will read it at some point. Uh, we were talking about The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. Uh, we didn't do that. However, uh, last time we were talking about Nepal and your experience in Nepal. And then we said that this time around, we're going to talk about your experience in Bali. Um, before anything, I do have to say my preconception because I have it. And I hate that I have it, but I have it. <laughs> In general, what I've heard from people going to Bali to, like, not just to go to Bali for, like, three days or, like, a traveling, but to go there and go to some classes or go to learn something, most of the time, people coming from Bali, they shift completely their mindset. They shift completely the way that they talk, like the vocabulary is changed. So in my mind, I have this preconception that people going to Bali, they are a little bit like brainwashed or like something is happening there. And I'm just being very honest. And I was a little bit worried at the time, which I never told you, <laughs> putting you now on the spot, that I hope, I hope from the bottom of my heart that Andre is not going to get into what I've noticed online because I, that I didn't have like close friends going to Bali before. 
or at least not in this kind of uh, manner, I would say. So I had this preconception. And obviously, it didn't change your <laughs> vocabulary since you came back. Oh, good. <laughs> so that's great. No, because, like, you know, people go there and then they just talk about, like, the soul in a different way and, like, the mind oh, yeah. and, like, like things like that. And I'm like, okay, but, like, why? Like, I understand that you might be experiencing new things. But, like, why are you changing completely the way that you talk? Like you don't talk about yourself anymore. It's only either the ego or the whatever, you know, like the, uh, it was just like, I can't, I can't, I cannot, I cannot, I just cannot. And in my mind, that's fake. So that's where it's coming from. So in my mind, I'm like, I feel like they think that this is how it's supposed to be. So I perceiving this as fake. Now, a lot of people are going to come for me. I'm ready. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying that was my preconception, which I'm aware as a preconception without me going and experiencing, it might be very much wrong. So I'm fully aware of this. Now, I'm curious for you to tell me what, uh, first and foremost, why did you decide to go to Bali? I'm going to start with a question and I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you like, so you, f you don't feel like I really changed that much and not in the, in this, uh, like, negative, not in a bad way, yeah, not in a bad way. Losing my, my former personality. That's, that's good. That's reassuring. Um, and before, again, before I answer your question about why going to Bali, I am going to add a bit to this, um, th this thing that you just said, because it's an actual thing like the way people talk and there is there is obviously this wave of like new age stuff and people and like when they immerse in that environment they just feel like oh this new identity of being a spiritual person suits me now and this is what I want to be and this is what I want to project and there is a term for that. I, I recently learned, not in Bali, actually, like a friend of mine was telling me that there is a term now for, for that kind of uh, discourse and vocabulary. It's called absolutish, you know, like English, like whatever. But it's absolutish because you speak in these absolute terms, like um, this whole thing about, yeah, like, oh, it's the ego. You know, we live in this illusion world. And it's, I mean, I don't want to make fun of that because obviously there is... A philosophy behind it right and there's yeah. um if you you know like the if you read the vedas and if you you know in buddhism in, in many religions obviously there mm -hmm. is um a, a philosophy behind all that this illusion world that we live in and enlightenment and all of that but i think the problem is when people just take like the the you know superficially they pick some things yeah. they don't understand what they're talking about even i don't know everything so that's why i, I try to like keep away from terms that i don't fully understand mm -hmm. and they 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 use those terms in their day-to-day -day discourse and they just sounds like they, they just sound like assholes most of the time because they want to <laughs> sound like oh i'm better than everybody else because i use these terms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's that is the problem and that's also you know in to keep the 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 conversation in the same absolutish term this is also like an ego thing you you suddenly you go there to become a better person and more spiritual but then you get attached to this spiritual identity and you create this new thing for you and you to make yourself feel better and that that is the hypocrisy and i think that's what bothers you and that's what bothers me as well about this whole discourse you know like Oh, suddenly mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so much better than everybody else because I spent a week in Bali. Like, come on, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's not possible, of course, but it's not not because you went there for like <clears throat> a few classes and, and yoga, and suddenly you're so enlightened and you know so spiritual. <laughs> there's there's so much more to that. But again, um, the, so yeah, the, there's a term for that, and it's called absolutish, apparently, and I, I find it hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah yeah like last last month a friend was telling me about this and i i felt like yeah i it, it's really eye-opening um and it, it it helps you um it it helps keep yourself grounded it was like okay i'm I'm going into that direction i should <laughs> i should try mm -hmm. to to keep myself um and then you know get a reality check um and also for me as well when i last year i was thinking i was really thinking of going to like taking a break um, I probably yeah. mentioned this before. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have some time off from work, from everything. I was I was kind of burnt out. Um, mm -hmm. 
and I didn't want to just take, I mean, sure, I was, <coughs> sorry, I was doing, I was practicing yoga before and meditation. I started in Romania. I think I, I mentioned that in mm -hmm. our last episode. Um, and I didn't want to just go and, and uh, do some like regular backpacking. Um, I said, you know, I want to, I want my, my time off to be more like, Again, I'm going to go into these cliches and into this, you know, absolutish thing. Um, I, you know, like self-discovery. It, it sounds like like shit, but I wanted it to be more than just, you know, go ahead, um, go do some sightseeing, take some pictures and come back. Because I, I had done that before and it wasn't enough because when I come back, I feel like, oh, I have to go back to work again. Oh, I have to go back to my regular life. And I wanted to kind of, you know, to to somehow use this to to get a bit deeper into something else. I don't know what it was, but anyway. Can so, it be maybe explore the inside out? <laughs> explore the inside out, yes. Not just cliches. Um, yes, actually, to, to use the outside world, to change the scenery in order mm -hmm. to, you know, to to learn more and to, and if I can learn more about this, the, the, the spiritual practices that I'm interested mm -hmm. in, why not, right? So, yeah. For um, for yoga, I had basically two two options uh, that I was interested in. It was either India or Bali because I, you know, mm -hmm. I did some, I, I did extensive research, and I was wondering what mm -hmm. to do and maybe a yoga retreat. But I said, I don't want to just do like yoga for a week and then leave. I I really want to learn more about like the yeah, yoga philosophy. Yeah, the actual <laughs> practice, the, the theory behind it. Why do we do certain things? Because it's not like, you know, when you just go to a studio, you just like do down dog, you do this, you go back mm -hmm. home, and that's fine. Like I wanted to go deeper into, I, I really wanted to gain some knowledge into that. So because of that, most of the programs that I found that included this were the yoga teacher trainings. Um, mm -hmm. I, now, I never actually wanted to become a yoga teacher. I I still feel like I don't know enough to actually teach people, but it was the, the, the curriculum for these yoga teacher trainings. Um, the curriculum was, was comprehensive enough as to where it, it went deeper into, you know, like yoga philosophy, anatomy, things like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is, I, I want to learn this. This sounds really good. And I don't want to just do a holiday. I want to do, you know, like a, like a learning studying holiday, if you will. <laughs> and because back then, I wasn't with India. I felt like it has to be a more, it has to be a different kind of journey. Mm -hmm. First of all, I, I don't really want to go to India on my own. I also, this may be a preconception, but you know, I've, I've heard many stories mm -hmm. about, you know, solo female travelers. Some of them had a really good experience, others not so much. And I, I always felt like I, if I'm going to go, I don't want to go by myself. Mm -hmm. And second of all, if I do go to India, I want to take more time just for India because it's such a huge place. I have good friends yes, there. Yes. Yeah. So like I, I would like to to take more time, at least a month and a half just for India. So and Bali had been on my list for, for a long time. Um, <coughs> and I have to admit it was also... Um, the algorithms um because i had <laughs> research i had started doing this research right to find yoga schools and 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 yoga classes instagram obviously showed me um sponsored ads for different yoga schools but one of them really stood out because it had nice pictures it had um you know it just seemed like it it was nice mm -hmm. and i visited the website and um, they had also meditation in the curriculum. They had anatomy, like I was saying. They had mm -hmm. um, a yoga philosophy. They had um, beach yoga one day. They had ice baths. So, like, it, it seemed like a, it was it was very interesting in the sense that it it was you know it was diverse. Mm -hmm. Other yoga schools didn't really go so much into meditation, or they didn't really go too much. They didn't even have anatomy classes at all. And I feel like that's very important. Mm -hmm. So I chose this particular school because I felt like it was going to give me um, in-depth knowledge, which mm -hmm. was true. Now, because of all the pictures that I had seen from Bali yeah. and yoga schools and everything else, sure. I was like, you know what? I'm just going <clears> to <throat> go there, try to not expect too much because 
it might just be Instagram yoga, right? And the people yeah, sure. that are going to go there, there might just be Instagram yogis, you know, people, especially, mm-hmm. you know, like women practitioners who do all sorts of fancy poses just to post on Instagram and that's it. And for me, mm-hmm. that's like the physical part is, is really not so important. Like I was saying, it's more about like the 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 scientific and the, the spiritual thing behind it. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm prepared to find that kind of a you know, that, that kind of approach that like more superficial, not so much, even though the material is going in depth, at least I have that, but I'm not going yeah. to expect a lot because it is what it is because it's Bali also. Mm-hmm. And it is true. There are many, there are many people in Bali that have, you know, this kind of, a that are into this new age, um, current, um, that do a lot of things, but don't fully understand why they're doing it. They're also really good people and really good practitioners and really good teachers. I found really good and valuable ones there as well. So there's, you know, there's a whole lot of, uh, there's an entire spectrum where it it depends on what you're looking for and what you're lucky to find and whatever. Um, So I, I went there with, with some preconceptions as well. The second preconception, and this was completely demolished. Um, I have to admit, um, and it yeah. was, it is good that it was like that. When I got there, I realized that we were 40 women in the, uh, so like the, the 200 hour, um, yoga teacher training that I did was divided into two groups and the yeah. two groups each had like 20 women and we were mm-hmm. all, all women students. Now, apparently it's, it's not always the case. Sometimes there's a few guys um, in there as well. Obviously it's more women most of the time, but it's um, it, it was only women uh, students. Sure. We had some male teachers, but it was only women. And um, because I went with these preconceptions, like, oh yeah, like these girls that they were, most of them were like younger than me, you know, like really fit. They had been doing, practicing yoga for ages, super flexible. And I was like, yeah, of course, like many of these people are just going to be like posing all the time for Instagram and things like that. So I don't know how I'm going to, you know, am I going to make friends with anybody? Am I going to really relate to anybody in the next three weeks here? Because I'm not like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of was judging the shit out of people just because <laughs> they were women and they were, you know, fit and good looking. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it turned out actually that I made some really good friends. Um, and most of the people that were there, even the ones that did actually have, you know, like an Instagram, like a, um, an Instagram account focusing on yoga and yoga poses and things like that. When you had conversations with them one on one, they were actually really kind and really nice people. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, they, they were super, super sweet. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Many of these girls. And we had some sessions that were focusing because we were all women, obviously it was, you know, women's circles and like women, you know, yin yoga for women and things like that. And it was actually very nice because it was such a, <laughs> such a soft and, and loving energy. And we shared so many things because we were all women. We were talking about how we were not going to shave our legs in the next three weeks because like, who fucking cares? <laughs> we're all women there. <laughs> so um, it, it was actually very nice uh, for me and very refreshing to to discover that, yeah, like, um, m- you know, most of, of the people that I related to there, um, they actually had a lot of depth and, and kindness in them. Um, so I guess... Um, in that sense, you know, I'm, I'm super glad that I chose Bali, um, because this, the school was good. The, um, the people there that like the, the fellows, my fellow students were, were, yeah, like very, very nice, super sweet. Um, most of the teachers, um, they, they had very good knowledge to share and I felt very safe in, in Bali. I actually felt safe. Um, okay. I spent- yeah, that's important. Yeah, like before the, the school started, I felt I, I had a few days on my own to just, you know, go to the beach and, and visit mm-hmm. a few things. Um, and everybody just felt so nice and and um, helpful. And I mean, sure, you know, because you're a tourist, you pay a bit more. But I didn't feel like somebody was trying to 
specifically rip me off. It was just oh, okay. like, yeah, like it wasn't like, oh, she doesn't exactly know where she's going. So I'm just going to like charge her double. No, they were like, mm -hmm. no, this is the price if you want to go. Sure. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I was paying the tourist prices, but not crazy. I, yeah. It didn't feel like, yeah. So I, I'm super happy that I chose Bali for that. And Bali is a beautiful island. It's paradise, but of course it has huge problems with people in it. <laughs> people and you know with our trash from the western world that yeah. goes there and then just washes up on their beaches um it's it's a huge problem that one yes but um mm -hmm. the island itself and, and the people were so 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 warm basically so I'm, I'm happy that i chose that um i just wanted to say something regarding uh when you mentioned the um, uh, shaving or not shaving of the legs i've noticed i don't know if you can tell me anything like that in romania this summer i have seen a lot more women with unshaved legs and or armpits like on the subway uh, and stuff like that uh which to each their own like to each their own i personally don't like it because like i can't properly put moisturizer on it's like i can't like you know uh, but i do have to say that in general i was before when i would see a guy and not to get into the other cliche like i'm married i don't have to shave anymore uh but sometimes i am not like i'm not always 100 shaved and my husband is okay with it he's not shaming because i have been shamed by uh previous boyfriend because i wasn't properly shaved in some parts and it felt wow. like it's bothering me to the freaking day you know so oh, yeah. um i i yeah i fully get that but i'm curious have you noticed anything like that in romania um to be honest not really um i haven't i mean <coughs> maybe um it's maybe just a few people like not having like perfectly shaved armpits but it's still not it, it's still no. not um yeah um for for the most part um i think it's still a big thing to wax and, and shave. I, another thing that i've noticed uh going back to iceland is that because most of the women in iceland they have blonde hair they don't shave because you don't fully see that blonde hair um and i i would see them when i would go uh, to the swimming pool and then i would get close to people you know like you sometimes need to be close to be in a hot tub or whatever and so that's when i would notice and i'm like oh damn like you don't but you can't tell you really cannot tell right so i was like well yeah so it wouldn't it, it's now working for women who have like a darker uh hair <laughs> because that's really fully like i mean yeah so that's another approach if you have really light color hair then you probably don't need to do it that much unless the the texture of it bothers you and then that's another story true um okay going back to bali um so you talked about uh, what were your expectations and so on and yeah i also agree when it's just women there is a different energy and um it's not something I, I i don't i probably yeah you just said that but i'm i, I feel like we are not led to believe or maybe it's too much to say that i don't know that it is a change in the energy and so on when it's just women and you just feel it like you, i don't necessarily expect that but then it's just a group of women it's always like something different and you do feel safer or at least, yeah, that's how I feel as well. Let's not generalize completely, but like I feel that as well. Um, there is a shift in the energy and a, a more like a cushion, <laughs> like if I can say. Yeah, um, no, being in, sure. in that kind of a group. Okay, so now just to um, put it back in place, you went for three weeks and it was October last year, right? I yes. Remember, did it go all the way through November, or I don't remember no, exactly that. No, so I actually left on <coughs> on October thirty first, so it was um, almost a year ago when I graduated. Mm -hmm. um, this the the training 
was about three weeks and mm -hmm. um outside of that i spent a few more days before and another extra day after so all in all i was there for about four weeks almost in in bali mm -hmm. but for the for, for most of that time i was in the yoga school so i didn't get to do a lot of sightseeing but the place that we were in um that yoga school was in a complex in a resort i might say um outside of close to ubud which ubud is like the you know the the spiritual center because it's it's the the city that has you know most yoga schools most um you know meditation centers and things like that and it's where where a lot of digital nomads go but it's not uh close to the beach so it's more like in the jungle yeah. And this mm -hmm. resort was in the jungle, basically. So um, mm -hmm. it it was very nice because it was very green. We could see a lot of um, animals all the time, lizards and geckos. The geckos were always in the room. <laughs> For some reason, you always had a gecko yeah. like in, in, on the ceiling and in the in the yoga um, space, in the yoga shala. Um, but it was it was uh, quite nice um, to okay. be there where it was so green. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious if you can tell me, just choose a random day and tell me like how the schedule looked from the morning to the evening. Just take me through just like a random day. Mm -hmm. When were you waking up? How did it start? And all the way to when you went to sleep. <coughs> I think um, hopefully I remember everything because it was like I said a year ago, but yeah. um I mostly woke up woke up around five five thirty. Um, we started um, yoga practice around six. Mm -hmm. um, sure, yeah, there were like minor changes in the schedule depending on the day, but yeah, like a regular day, maybe we would start um, the yoga practice in the morning uh, around six, and then um, we would do a meditation practice. Um, <clears throat> And then maybe breakfast around eight thirty nine. Um, after that, around ten thirty until lunch, we had an, a class, either yoga philosophy or anatomy or something else, or a workshop um, on a specific um, yoga pose. After lunch. We had like maybe an hour break to do some practice on our own or to just rest or to read or to whatever. Um, after that, we had again um, asana practice. Um, after the asana practice in the afternoon, we would have um, a module for uh, teaching. So basically, you know, how to teach yoga how to give cues to students, how to, uh, you know, different types of yoga for different kinds of um, audiences for people with, um, you know, for, for traumatic responses, for pregnant women, for, you know, it was quite informative. I mean, sure, you can really go into a lot of detail, but um, we did that. Um, then we had dinner, maybe around six. After dinner, we had, again, meditation practice. And after that, maybe around eight, eight something, we would finish. Around nine, everybody was like in bed dead because, you know, we, we basically did, we wake up in the morning very early and we, we did so much physical exercise, so many physical exercises and like mentally were engaged all the time. So you were basically dead at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I, I want you to tell me now, during the time being there, and then maybe soon after, what were the main things that really left an impression over you from the whole experience? Because I want to compare it with one year later, how you said, but try to go back into when you were there. If there was something that really left like a big impression over you, or that was very challenging, it can be either way. Uh, and then soon after, uh, and when I say soon after, I mean when you came back from Romania, like soon after when you returned back to Romania, not soon after you left Bali. <laughs> um, I remember that I specifically because when you're in that 
very intense schedule of like mm -hmm. yoga, you know, physical practice, asana practice every day, meditation every day, twice a day in the morning, evening, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing breathing exercises, pranayama, whatever. I felt like this discipline really had an effect on my body, first of all, and then on my mind as well. So on my body, I felt like I never did, you, you know, like some of these um, uh, postures that I did because I did them every day, two, three times a day. I had never done them better. My body was flexible. Mm. It was opening in some ways. I had like, I was like, you know, I, I can't actually, my body can do these. If I, I just need the, the discipline mm. of practicing and like doing it right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep up and I'm going to be so good. And like, you know, my abs was just like nice. And you could see like the muscles. <laughs> I, there. I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. I want to keep that up. But then I came back home and I kept it up for like two weeks and that's it. So <laughs> because, you know, it's different when you wake up and you're like, oh, I have a ton of emails. Oh, my cat wants food. Oh, I have to do this and that. It's like, ah, tomorrow and tomorrow is the same. So um, I practice a lot more, more rarely now. So I, I, I felt like, you know, my, my body was really only because of the discipline, not because I had done something mm -hmm. super out of the ordinary, but because I was doing it and I was doing it correctly because, you know, the, the instructors were there to, to correct me. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And second of all, um, on my mind, because all the meditation, there, there was another thing about meditation practice um, what I usually do and what I usually did before was um, passive meditation, right? So where you just sit and you try to like go inwards to not focus on the outside world, to, um, you know, try to not focus on your thoughts, to, um, you know, focus on the breath, things like that. And there, um, the focus was a bit more on the um, um, active dynamic meditation practices where you would involve shaking and dancing and um then you would have um a part where you sit in, in silence and in stillness and for me i was like this is new for me i don't know how like you know what's with the shaking it kind of feels like we're you know crazy people here but it did it did work actually because that release that you um you feel and then the stillness that you add at the end of the practice it just felt a lot more intense you know, after that, um, the, the mm -hmm. whole shaking and active um, practice that you did, the, the stillness at the end just felt more still somehow. Um, so for mm -hmm. me, that was a surprise, actually, how um, you can, you know, there is th that there is this active meditation uh, technique and that and how it works on the body. And again, I felt like, oh, yeah, I should do more of this because it, it feels more powerful. But after coming back, doing it on my own, it just didn't feel the same. It's not when you practice it in a group of people, the energy is, is different, like you're saying. And and it kind of feels like, you know, everybody around me is dancing and shaking. And I I, I kind of do that. But then I, when I did it at home, I was like, uh, it, it just doesn't feel the same. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel more comfortable when I'm on my own to just go back to my passive still meditation. Um, mm -hmm. so uh, may I, may I, I interrupt for a second? Yeah. I'm just curious if... Because you mentioned about the discipline that you had during the course. And so I'm curious, did they address on how to have this discipline at home when you leave? Because as you were saying, it was so easy to follow uh, when you don't have any other distractions, but then you are being back to the world when you have more responsibilities and so on. Did they ever address any of this, how to incorporate this into back home life basically does that make sense what i'm saying <coughs> yeah for sure and there is there is a module in yeah how to make this how to make this practice into a habit um but i mean you know in the end it's it's mostly about you know try to do a bit every day even if you don't feel like doing it for an hour do a shorter practice do something that feels good try to listen to your body uh because if you do it mm -hmm. if you do something and you're not really into it you're, you're it's not good for you try to be gentle with yourself um but yeah i mean um, another thing that they said is and i haven't really done that um they said you should um even if you don't really want to to be a teacher don't let too much time pass after graduation um 
and go teach a class, even if it's for free with your friends, with family, do this so you have the practice of teaching so you don't forget. Now, I did something. I did an online um, yoga nidra, which is more like guided meditation, not necessarily, but it's not, you know, it's not physical practice. Um, and I did like doing that, but I did not actually teach yoga to people. Um, mm -hmm. And that if I had been more into, um, you know, sharing what I learned there and, and more into teaching people, I'm sure I would have kept the discipline of practicing myself as well. Um, but mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's just more, I have to admit, I haven't been very good at it on my own. Yours not yet, I would say. Right? You, you are better. just not you are just not there yet. For sure. I would for say. Sure. Yeah. For um, sure. I don't I don't I don't feel like I know enough to teach people confidently. I would know I could teach what I know to people, and you know, for beginners it could be definitely um enough in some contexts, but for me I feel like I have to really master something before i can teach people i this this that's just me and, and how i feel like it works for me and for that specific reason hopefully next year i can go and do some specialization courses because i'm now looking into that okay okay great because that was uh, a question coming but uh, we're not there yet as in <laughs> what's the what's the next uh, what's what's coming right. but we're not there yet okay so um that being said, I'm curious now to know um, after like you've been like you've done the whole class, what was the one thing that you felt it changed? If anything changed in you, what was uh, one thing or two or whatever uh, that changed from that experience? Like what was something that and it, it like it changed and it still changed? Not something mm -hmm. that changed for a short period of time, but like something that you really feel like it's stuck with you. Um, if there is anything, not there anything, is, like there I, I don't sure. want you to improvise something right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there is for sure, uh, and I'm I'm just trying to pick one that was probably the most powerful, um, <clears throat> and I think it would be the connection that I feel towards other people in the sense I and I will give you an example because when I was there I had some practice some sessions where I just felt I'm usually not very I'm not super extroverted I'm not super like you know I, I don't if people talk to me I like talking to them but I'm, I'm not a person to just like connect with everybody easily um, and there was one session where we had this, um, this, I don't know, we did a mantra chanting. Um, it's basically, you know, you sing the song that's, it's a, it's a mantra. It's basically just a, a little spiritual song that you keep singing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also kind of a meditation basically. And it was super nice because, you know, it's a simple, it's a simple line and you repeat that over and over again. And in the beginning, of course, people didn't, we didn't know it, but the more, you know, it was repeated, it was repeated. And after two or three minutes, everybody could sing the words. And it just felt like all the voices and like we were all women, right? So it was like 40 women because in this one, we were all together because it was just chanting. It was, it was like at, at sunset. And like I said, we were in the jungle and you could hear the nature sounds and this music and we were all singing along. And at some point, all the voices were coming together because everybody was starting to get used to the words and everybody was kind of singing in the same rhythm and voice. And it, it just felt like all the voices are becoming one. And in the background, the, the insects and like the, the grasshopper sounds or whatever there was there, it was kind of like melting into our voices. And I just started crying like, like, oh my God, because it just felt like all the voices of nature and us, it was just becoming one and we were all singing. It was, it was so like, I don't do that. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? I don't do this thing and I'm not on drugs. What is happening to me? But it just felt like I'm so connected to everybody around me and not just the people that were singing, but everything, you know, like, oh, like I said, the, the insects and the sounds of nature that were all just coming together somehow. And I was like, that's, that's very unusual for me. But it still felt nice. I felt like I felt very connected to everyone. And I know that experience stayed with me because um, 
um, earlier this year in, in summer, I went to another yoga retreat and there was another mantra chanting experience. And again, I felt like everybody who was singing around me, I just felt like, oh, I'm so one with everybody around me just because of that. And it just felt again, very, a, a very strong impression of like, oh, I'm connected. I'm not just one person alone. Like, you know, we are all mm -hmm. one somehow. I know this is again a cliche, but it really felt like that. And I had never felt that before, um, that moment. But then after that, I started feeling it more and more often. I, I could connect with people that I wasn't even talking to necessarily. So, and ever since then, because of that, I am more prone to seeing people with more compassion somehow. Like when somebody's doing something and my first inclination is to be like, oh my God, what an asshole. I find myself thinking immediately, okay, maybe they're not an asshole. I th maybe they're just doing their best. And th this is really, it has been such a good thing for me because I don't, I don't keep the burden of anger with me so much. I'm like, you know what? They're just doing their best. This was their best, whatever. Maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was their best. Maybe they weren't trying to be an asshole to me. And it has been so liberating because of that. <laughs> Um, it it sounds like it, like it really sounds like it. Um, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm back in therapy and I'm doing a once per week session. And I think I told you this uh, in our private conversation after, uh, I think I think it was after the first session, I was like, oh my God, we are just all traumas walking among each other, <laughs> unsolved traumas. <laughs> um basically so um and also it's like i've always had this for many 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 years uh that everybody has a story to tell so we are just untold stories or undiscovered stories um but the reality is that people have like horrible diseases and they are still like going to target and do some shopping for their family like you really truly do not know what they are challenged with because everybody's challenged with something uh so yeah i fully fully agree with what you're saying and i was curious to see how is that translating into your day-to-day -day life but like you already <laughs> i was about to like, let me ask you but then you actually <laughs> explain you got there uh, without me needing to ask you um so now i'm just curious to see if there's anything that you didn't like if there was anything that was way too challenging maybe too much outside of your comfort zone or something that it didn't make sense and it's still like it didn't make sense at the beginning and it still didn't make sense or something that um you just couldn't fully relate to even though you said you had the preconception with women and it turned out not to be like that but if there was anything at all during these three weeks slash four weeks in bali <coughs> specifically to yoga or to the yoga school um Yes, there was. Um, there are still things that I, I don't fully relate to in the sense that it feels in many places, not just at yoga school, not just Bali, um, that when people think of yoga, they just think of, you know, physical practice. We do asana practice, postures. This is the most important thing. And um, that's it. Um and all the flows and everything that they do, it's nice, but it, it really just feels like there's too much focus on basically the workout when, mm -hmm. and I'm not super interested in that, obviously. I meditate every day, but I don't do physical practice every day. Like I said, I maybe do it like once mm -hmm. every two weeks. Um, and obviously, yeah, because I'm not necessarily interested in, in that. I'm not saying it's bad. It's very good to do. Yeah the the physical postures um but to me it feels like yeah the focus is a lot on that on that aspect and maybe the 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 yoga schools and the yoga studios offer that because people that's what the people are asking for because How, you know. i mean it's still a business it's still a business at the end of the day and sure. some marketing has to happen i fully agree yeah yeah mm -hmm. so <clears throat> you know people go to bali for that so they're going to get that 
because you know that's that, yeah. and sure if you can in the meantime also like you know put a little experience like a spiritual experience here and there or teach them about you know like what's the yoga philosophy behind it that's great but still mm -hmm. it feels like there's really not the balance is still a lot more more inclined towards the, the physical thing which is like i said it's understandable to some extent um, mm -hmm. For me, it was very surprising to see that, you know, from fellow students, people who had been practicing yoga for years, for like five, six, seven years, they had never heard of, you know, like the eight limbs of yoga, um, which is like mm. pretty basic for me. Because, But again, I had a very good um, yoga teacher at home who always, always goes into theory it's like one of the basic things right and when they started practice when they started teaching that in the yoga school i was like i was the only one to know these things and they looked at me like like I'm, i was a nerd and they're like how do you know that i was like well my my teacher he, he taught me that and they're like yeah. in romania but like how do they teach that in romania i'm like well i just have a good teacher he studied in india but you know i have and, and but there are people who practiced yoga for like seven years they could do headstands and like super crazy mm -hmm postures that I would not even ever try because I am, you know, I don't care, but they didn't know like the basic things like, you know, what are the, the, um, basically the, the, there are, you know, norms of yoga, like how to conduct your life, how to, you know, things like that, mm -hmm. which are like very basic and they didn't make a lot of sense. They're very logical, but people could, people didn't know about it because nobody had told them about it. So for me, that's why I was, you know, <clears throat> like I said, I went with this, with this, um, um, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to find too much of that. I found a little mm -hmm. bit, but the things that mm -hmm. I was told, I already kind of knew, right? Because like I said, I, I mm -hmm. already knew them from home, yeah. which was fine. But I would have liked more of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, then about Bali itself, especially Ubud and that place, it's it was very, very crowded. Uh, the traffic mm. is just horrible. Um anywhere you have to go for 10 kilometers it takes like an hour um everything is just it's just bad in that way um the plastic pollution is horrible um when it rains a lot because they have um septic tanks the water just gets super infested you can't they were telling us last night it rained a lot make sure you don't like wash you don't eat salads or you don't drink anything with ice if you go outside of this yoga school because in the yoga school they were using like filtered water they said outside of this the water is going to be contaminated don't do it you're going to get really sick um then there was um the smell of mold which was really bad for me. I had actually a bad experience with that. Um, mm -hmm. Even in the yoga school, I was given a room at first that had pretty bad ventilation. And because it's humid for like six months in the year and the yeah. ventilation was bad, there was this like constant mold smell in the room and it was making my, my throat really itchy. I have, you know, as you can tell, I'm, I'm still coughing because I had COVID like a month ago. Um, and my, my respiratory system is super sensitive and like, I was feeling like swollen and my throat was super itchy and mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. And I, you know, I went to them and I said, like, I don't know what, what you can do, but please get me out of that room. I'll pay extra, but put me in a room that doesn't have mold because otherwise for three weeks I cannot do any like breathing exercises because mm -hmm. I can't even breathe. <laughs> yeah. I have to sleep. And, you know, eventually they, they, they gave me a better room um, and, and that one was fine. You know, it had ventilation. But then, of course, because it had like, um, you know, like ventilation in the sense that it had like a, a grate in the holes in the wall, um, a lot of like insects and, and geckos kept coming in. <laughs> you okay. can. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll take the animals. Pick it's your long. poison. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'll take the animals. At least I can breathe. Right. Um, yeah. So the smell of mold, and it wasn't just in that room. It was, you know, like in many places, you went to bars, you went into mm -hmm. like shops because it's just moldy and because it's, it, I mean, it's just humid and, and warm for so, for so many months in the year. So that all also bothered me. Also, it, there's, it's, it's very touristic in the sense that, you know, some things are expensive because they're specifically yeah. for tourists. It's crowded, the prices, the, every, every, place that's famous you know like every touristic site 
unless you go super early in the morning, you're going to have to wait in line for a picture. If you want to take a picture, you have to wait 30 minutes in line for people to take pictures. And, you know, it's this nice and pristine place. But when you have to wait in line with like a thousand people behind you, it just kind of loses the charm. Um, Uh, I think that's that's one of the things that I don't have so many pictures of famous landmarks from wherever I've traveled because I don't have the patience. And I also, yeah. I mean, I traveled uh, by myself quite a lot and I'm like, I don't, I feel so awkward that I need to give someone my, uh, you know, to take a picture of me and I want to pose in a specific way. And I feel awkward. People are looking at me like, oh, oh, oh. I would rather not do it. Uh, so I would not have pictures in a lot of places uh, because I just, mm, nope, not happening. Not, uh, yeah. I'm not. I didn't even go of to some of these places. They were telling me like, yeah, "Oh, you go. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go to one of the smaller ones that's not so famous, but like rice terraces. I went to some something mm-hmm. smaller that was closer because I just I I didn't want to waste you were mm-hmm. so much time. So, so. Uh, you know, it's beautiful, but it has many many downsides to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like every other very famous uh, tourist place in the end. Um, as we are reaching almost uh, the end of the episode, I am curious now to tell me, so in a few words, what are your plans for the future regarding um, your teaching or learning more, getting more into that in depth of um, yoga? And then uh, how do you feel one year later? Was it all worth it? <coughs> for sure it was worth it. Um even though it kind of like turned my life upside down somehow um, in the sense that when I came back home and when I went back to work, I was expecting that, you know, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to have this nice experience. I'm going to recharge and come back and I'm going to be so much more refreshed. But when I came back and, you know, I had had all these like conversations and I had learned so much and it just felt like, Oh, I'm this infinite being with a, a, you know, I'm a spiritual being with a um, human experience. And then I have to go back on Zoom and discuss customer requirements. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? This infinite being in, in on Zoom, it just doesn't work. And it was just a bit more, it was, it was difficult to readjust. Um, and I do want to, I, I you know, ever since I came back, <coughs> I have been, looking for I I don't want to lose touch with this like spiritual path and I feel like I'm still you know trying to go to retreats trying to you know read more do more things and I would like to I'm looking into um specialization courses like maybe meditation Mm -hmm. specific meditation things or or things like kundalini yoga or things like that to um to practice more and when I feel like I have you know, when I'm confident with the things that I know, I will again try to to do maybe like some test sessions again with friends. Um, and then, you know, slowly if I feel like, okay, I can actually, I, I feel confident enough to, uh, that, I, that I can, I have enough knowledge and I can give people enough value, I will uh, try to start teaching. But until then, I feel like I have a lot more learning to do myself. And I will try to find, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find courses and things that I, I can do to solidify the knowledge that I already have, and to build on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, can you see me? Because my image is stuck. I can hear you. But my it's image frozen. is stuck. It's frozen, right? right? Frozen. <laughs> but I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. Um, okay. So uh, I'm trying to start a new segment on the podcast. So I, for now, I'm calling it Inside Out Wonders. <laughs> we'll see if it's going to stick or not. Um, but I've asked uh, you and then also me to, if you have any recommendations of the month, um, to let me know. And uh, do you want to go first, Andra? Yeah, so you said it can be pretty much anything that I like. Anything. And, um, mm-hmm. Because I actually, I recently found this um, poem by, by Mary Oliver. Um, it's called Invitation. And I'm just going to say the part that I really like the most because I feel like it it applies so well to the current state of affairs in the world. And 
you know, but I, I really think it's it's worth reading because it's it's a beautiful poem. But what I like the most is this part. It says, it is a serious thing just to be alive on this fresh morning in the broken world. And I just felt like, yeah, we are we are living in a broken world. Yeah. And it's I'm... it's it, it just it, it, I just felt so grateful and privileged and sad in the same time when I when I read that part and I uh, that's why I feel like this poem invitation by Mary Oliver is is a good read for mm -hmm. for these days it, it yeah and it is um I've watched a interview with pink um on 60 minutes and she was talking about basically coping because the world is really insane and dangerous and just it can be very beautiful but like it, it can be so insane so uh, the way we cope is basically important obviously to not cope in a more damaging way but you know to make it like just be happy that you're making it each day you know basically as sane as you can is the 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 world is indeed it's, i would say a, a scary place it's it's an achievement to yeah to keep going in a in a scary place even if you can't change much but just continue to be until you can change something it's it's also an achievement um so my suggestion is I've I've been um, this month I've been uh, to a book release by Jessie Reyes, uh, "Words of a Goat Princess" is her first uh, poem book, and uh, she basically named every like every poem, and they also have a number. So I'm gonna say number nineteen, and the the title of the book is "Beach." I'm not going to read the whole poem, even though it's kind of short, but I'm just going to read a part of it. Uh, they yell, slow down. She walks a little faster. Her spine tenses, bitch. She ignores them. Why don't you smile more? She is scared to smile when she's out alone because they think it's an invitation to be pursued, even though she just wants to make it home. So she lowers her gaze to the pavement, speeds up her pace, locks indifference into her face, and lets them and lets them call her a bitch, all in the name of hoping to make it home safe. And it also has a picture, but because the video is <laughs> because the video uh, doesn't work anymore. But the point is that there is a girl that she's wearing a hoodie and she has the keys in her between her knuckles as we all women at some point in this life i think we've done we we carry the keys kind of like a weapon mm -hmm. on our way back and then she's wearing kind of like a crown that is famously known by lady liberty like the statue in new york so yeah. it's it's like such a beautiful picture it's like a it's like a drawing actually and um yeah i really love this this poem because it's every single woman's nightmare that she cannot exist in her own skin and just walk home. And I also want to mention that I read this poem to my husband and he was, I mean, he's kind of aware of how things go, especially as a black person. But he was shocked to know. I was like, did you know that we do this with the keys? And he's like, no, what? And I'm like, I promise you, every oh, single yeah. woman at some point use the keys just as a weapon just in case something happens so oh yeah uh, and there's there's two things to that like first of all yeah you you hold it so it's like at least the illusion that you can have like a little weapon and second of all i always want to make sure that i make I, I take the shortest amount of time possible to open the door to get inside before anybody can reach mm -hmm. me so that's why i always keep the, the the keys very like close and like the specific key even though i have like three four keys the one key that that's like for my main front door i like yeah i i, I know the feel you hold it there it's, onto that one key it's so legit one of my worst nightmares and literal nightmares as in i had like bad dreams about it in which i'm getting home i'm 
about to close the door and somebody puts their feet in and they no. you know i can't i can't close the door like i had proper nightmare about that but i do have to say however i did have i mean most most days right now obviously if i go somewhere uh i go with my husband or if i'm not he's at home so he's not gonna drive me and drive me home right so before that when i was dating i did have a few guys that before dropping me they would stay there until mm -hmm. i would get in not only that but i also had four drivers who do that they would linger with their car there and it's much appreciated i have yeah. to like a uh, shout out to the oh, men who are doing that because they understand let me see her green and then i leave so shout out to to men who knew because i've never asked them mm -hmm. because i didn't think to ask them it's just yeah. a fear that i have why am i supposed to mention this so yeah. shout out to the men who who know how to do that just for to give a bit of a caution for like safety net for women getting safely back home i would say um yeah i we went again over one hour but we might need to do some editing <laughs> because of the uh yeah i don't know the internet went crazy uh it's probably my fault but uh, i want to thank you so much and thank you for sharing your bali experience uh with uh, me and my listeners our listeners and is there anything else that you want to add at the end of uh, this episode um no just well thank you for having me again and um i guess the lesson is even though you do have some preconceptions um be ready or at least be open to have them changed or or broken apart you know don't just hold on don't hold on to anything basically because you might get surprised like i said you may you might make a new friend you might see a place that's really nice and worth it um you know or if you don't at least you were open to learning something new um, and if you're you know if your preconception was reinforced then it means you were right and it's still a win right? <laughs> yeah so, yeah that at is, least, yeah. even if you have them be open to like question it um so mm -hmm. i guess you know it, it worked for for me for whoever is interested in finding andra online you can check out her youtube channel um at andrada popandorka it's uh, i'm gonna put it in the episode description and then also you can see it on the screen and then for me um it's the same it's my name that it's also my website youtube at alina i g r a d and i'm going to post the mini vlogs that i said in previous episode uh i posted i started i didn't post it yet Technically, I would have posted it by the time this episode comes out. It's difficult to think about timeline. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, what we what could we find on your channel, Andra? What is the plan? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the plan, because so far I have many things that are kind of like um, all over the place. I have backpack reviews and shorts about different places that I've visited and um, a few teachings from um from a lama from nepal uh, buddhist teachings um i will try to make to to make more um content related to maybe also meditation maybe i'll i'll start um having like little yoga yoga nidra um recordings mm -hmm. like i was saying because i i kind of like that and i prepared a few and maybe i should make them um available to to the general public because the ones that i did test um with with friends um you know um people were um you know yeah it were people were uh, they, they liked them um mm -hmm. and you know i would like i would uh try to to make more um more content related to the the spiritual practices that i do not so much for people to do the same but for them to find out you know like i've been to this monastery this is what you could find there i, mm -hmm. I did this course this is what i learned so like little things um like like that snippets of information from your basically experience. yes yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds great okay so that being said i hope to see you and talk to you for the podcast uh, <laughs> next month 
<laughs> next month i'm not gonna say like let's not talk about one month <laughs> so oh, yeah like afterwards we'll just talk in like 10 minutes anyways <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i also have to mention that we recorded this way in advance so if anything else changes and so on uh we will address it uh in the pre in the next episode that we record together that being said, have a lovely day, Andra, and I'm gonna, I already had breakfast, so I'm gonna go ahead and continue my day, basically. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you as well. This concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and for reviewing Traveling Inside Out. If you want to get in touch with me, send an email to podcast at alinaigrad.com. And remember, your outer journey begins with inner work. Until next time, bye!